what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. Hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson aka DJ215 here again with a, another fight review, this time reviewing the two GCW New Year shows, Good Riddance and 56 Nights. Uh, bit strange though, just to start with, I've literally just listened to um, Boris Johnson's speech about us going into another national lockdown. Um, it's very scary times for people, including myself, and I just want to, I don't want to get all political and I don't want to get into anything deep, but I just want to say to all the people listening, um, please keep safe and please look after yourselves and your families. Um, we're all doing an incredible job trying to keep everyone as safe as we can and i want to thank you all as mark did um in his in his podcast for all of your support and all of your listens in 2020 it was an incredibly tough year for everybody and i take great comfort in the fact that people have listened to me talking into a microphone and have enjoyed it and have talked about it and it really means a lot um and it, it really does kind of I don't. I just do this for fun at the end of the day, but it really does mean a lot in these hard times we're in, that I'm able to make you all, you know, hopefully laugh or smile or, you know, forget about things for a few hours because that's what it is really, and, you know, it um, it really means a lot the thought that you know you um, in this really hard time what we're going through, you might go and then watch something I've talked about or that you comment about it or you listen, even just listen to the review and don't even really watch the show. It just it just means a lot. Um, there'll be a lot more coming through in this year of 2021. So happy new year, everybody. And um, just thank you for 2020 and it being such a great year um, for, for myself. I want to also um, say thank you to... All the whichever company you're in, whichever um you know co country you're in, wherever you are, any professional wrestlers or anyone working in the professional wrestling industry, thank you for being so um just thank you. You're putting your bodies on the line every day for what you do to entertain us. But on top of that, the risks of COVID um on top of it are so um astronomical that being able to go out there and entertain us really means the world to me. Um, I don't know what I would have done without wrestling for the past year. I'm not a mad wrestling fan. I mean, I am, but not in the sense of, you know. Um, but it, it, it does mean a lot. And everyone who's got in a ring, everyone who's commentated on an event, everyone who's helped put a ring together, everyone who's helped, you know, get those fans in to see an event, the backstage, whatever you may do, cameramen, um, you know, ring canvas, however you help these companies, it really means so much to me. And I know it means a lot to the rest of the BBG um, family. And I know it means a lot to a lot of people I've spoken to. So thank you for everything you do and thank you for keeping us entertained during these really difficult times we've been going through and we still are but we'll get through it and as i said before to one of my colleagues you know we'll have a great big 
part wrestling party wrestling event whether it be wrestlemania whether it be the collective whether it be you know some kind of massive supercard super show it'll be you know a great celebration for us all to get together and just enjoy what we love which is pro wrestling so thank you everybody so that's kind of the last little part of the covid uh sort of moments out of the way and the thank you for 2020 and into 21 um so we'll get straight into the reviews for um, Good Riddance. Uh, is the first show for GCW, this double shot. Um, I actually have to admit that this is probably the least enjoyable GCW show I've watched out of all of them. Now, I messaged Chris to tell him that, and I think he'll be interested to listen to this review given that comment. Um, yeah, it was a strange one, this one. But I do, again, want to point out one thing. Um the show began with a 10 bell um, salute in memory of the late great Brody Lee. Um, I want to send out my sincerest condolences to Brody's wife and to his two children and to his family and to his colleagues and his friends. I had the privilege of watching Brody Lee start his career early on in Chikara and in Dragon Gate USA. And I knew, I put a tweet up recently about it, but I knew the minute I saw him that it was the most gifted big man of his generation. And it meant so much to me as a fan to see him grow and to see him join the WWE and become part of the incredible Wyatt family, who I think get very underrated and underappreciated now. But when they had that feud with the Shield, when a lot of people might be surprised that I do enjoy or have enjoyed WWE. <laughs> Um, that was one of the most enjoyable moments in it. Seeing that match between them at Elimination Chamber um, was incredible. And then from there, you know, being part of the WWE to then joining AEW as the exalted one and being part of the Dark Order um, to then him suddenly passing away um, really hit me hard because I was off social media for a few days, so I had no idea that it happened. Um, and I'm still kind of trying to process it now in a strange way, as I think a lot of people are. Um, but I, I want to just say that I send my sincerest condolences to, to Brody's family and to his colleagues and his friends. And I think all of the tributes which have been put out by every company have been very heartfelt and have done everything right. And I think, you know, I will do everything I can for new fans who may not be familiar with Brody Lee to see his work on the independent scene or via, you know, in the future when he joined WWE or AEW. If, you know, there are moments where I think that was a really great Brody Lee match, I'll share it, or a Luke Harper match, I'll share it. So, um, you know, just, you know, rest in peace, Brody Lee. And thank you for entertaining me and so many other people. So thank you. So we had the 10 bell salute to start off the show for the uh, GCW Good Riddance. Aptly named given that 2020 we're saying good riddance to it or we're saying good riddance to it. <laughs> this show took place on New Year's Eve as well, which is quite apt. Um, so the first match was between um, the CTF, uh, which was the crazy tough enemies of Matthew Justice and Josh Bishop, sort of a newly formed tag team against the Iron Beast of Shane Mercer and KTB. This was this was barmy. This match, like it just seemed to just be one of these crazy kind of ECW tag team matches where there was just a lot of you know crazy weapon shots. There was a lot of brawling. There was just a lot of mad stuff going on. You know, there was a a deadlift. Um, there was some wrestling though. There was a, cr a beautiful looking deadlift German suplex onto two men um, from. Uh, 
KTB, which looked nuts. Um, it it was just um, it was just mental. You know, there was Death Valley drivers and Luis Piccoli drivers everywhere. Um, there was an on battery from Shane Mercer, which is a bit like Bandidos, um, following Moonsault um, Slam, which looked awesome as it always does. Um, what was interesting was that. There was actually the match ended after two. There was a lot of unprotected head shots, head chair shots in this match, which I personally don't agree with. Um, I thought it was very reckless of all the wrestlers involved. Um, and when I say unprotected, I mean unprotected. And there's a time and a place for it, and it wasn't here. Um, so I did find it. I even put it in my notes about it. Um, it, it. It then ended in a bizarre draw. So both men, both members of a team got hit with a chair shot and then they ended up going down and then there was a double pin and it ended in a draw and then they carried on fighting after the match, <laughs> which was very odd. Um, it was okay, but I don't know what they were kind of going for. It was very odd, very odd stuff going on. Um, it was just, um, it, it could have gone one of two ways and it went an odd way. Um, so yeah, this wasn't just for me, I must say. Um, pre before this match, though, I must say there was a pre-show, um, which you can actually check out on um, YouTube for free, where there's three great matches which I would recommend people check out. I won't give away the results because I'd like you to go and watch them. And if you're a new fan to GCW, this is a good place to start. Actually, um, it was put in. Um, it was a joint production with Hybrid Pro Wrestling. So the um, the matches which are on YouTube for you to see on the GCW channel, which I'll put at the bottom of the description. Between Trey Lamar and Levi Everett, one called Manders and Ellis Taylor of Young Dumb and, sorry Young Dumb and Broke, and uh, Holly Dead against Willow Nightingale. So I would really recommend if you're new to GCW and you're unsure about you know paying for a show, definitely check out the pre-show which I'll put at the bottom of the um, of the description. Um, so that took place just before this first match. So from the match we've just mentioned, uh, the crazy tough enemies and the iron beast we had a really awesome match i will i will say this i loved this match and it was between treehouse lee and uh, sayav al sabah and we found out on commentary from joey janella who was with kevin gill on commentary um that these men are actually blood brothers so they're actually brothers uh, in real life which um pretty cool um the uh the Leon uh, Sabah have wrestled in GCW before as well, but they've kind of not been given this kind of a um, you know setting and this bigger stage. So wrestling one another, this was you know, and this really was a showcase for both men. It, it looked incredible, you know. Both came out looking like stars, especially Sabah. Sabah looked in awesome with what he was doing. You know, he really dominated the first part of this match. Um, I loved. Um, there was one particular spot which was um, where um, they went for a sleeper hold and then it ended in a near fall, very similar to the Bret, and, Bret Hart and Steve Austin spot from uh, Survivor Series 1996, which I thought was going to be the win, actually. But then it got turned into a back suplex with massive elevation, which I thought looked brilliant. Um, Sabah hit a nasty, brutal-looking brutal corkscrew kick um, which then he turned into a standing moonsault, which looked brilliant. Um, Treehouse landed an amazing-looking head scissors as well, which looked, you know, just looked beautiful. Um, they both looked fantastic. Um, there was a leg headlock sort of pin, 
which then got countered into a tope onto the outside. And then it was sort of like an overdrive suplex, what Treehouse leaded, which looked brilliant. Um, we also got a twisting deadlift powerbomb, of all things, which looked amazing. You know, the, the, the innovation these guys did was brilliant. You know, it was just non-stop innovation in this match. And then um, we also got some really vicious-looking um, strikes um, from both men. And what I thought looked brilliant, though, was the finish, where... Um, after being beaten down, Treehouse Lee got the advantage on Sabah and he hit probably the craziest looking corkscrew I think I've seen in ever. It was just he his body just must have gone like four times plus. Um and he hit this crazy looking corkscrew uh, headbutt onto um Sabah the Treehouse Lee and then he got the victory. Um it was it was brilliant this match. Nothing negative to say about this thing. Um, it, it was a match which, um, you know, both men, either one of them could have won, but both men came out looking like huge stars and I really want to see more of them in the future and they deserve to see more of them in the future because they worked really hard in this match and really used the stage of GCW to show the crowd what they could do. I thought it was brilliant. Really recommend you go out and check this one out, actually. One of the few high spots of this show, I must say. Um, and from there, we then went into the next match, which was uh, Eliana Black against Atticus Kogar with Gregory Iron on the outside. Um, so um, they were the only two members of 440 here this weekend. Uh, Ricky Shane Page, unfortunately, wasn't able to attend this weekend due to um, he had a, a personal situation, so he wasn't able to attend the um, the shows. So if you are listening, Ricky, I hope everything's uh, okay uh, personally. Um so I hope that it's all all right. And Eliana Black and Atticus Kogar, they had an okay match. Um, it, it, I really like Eliana Black, though. I think Eliana Black is one of the up-and-coming women. I think she's one of the best female wrestlers on the circuit today. I think she's phenomenal. Um, her um, her veracity in what she does is, you know, she's so um, hard-hitting. And Atticus Kogar is probably one of the more underrated members of the... Um, you know, GCW roster, I really like his work and I think he's great on the mic as well. I think it's a really great promo. Um, and this match, you know, it was fun. Um, it, there was some really nasty looking spots. There was a DDT where Atticus Kogar hit onto Eliana, which was similar to Randy Orton's through the ropes, which looked vicious. Um, there was a punk kick, which nearly ended in a, su- in a two count. There was a super kick as well, which was a close two count. Um, there was a swinging reverse DDT from Eliana Black onto Gregory Iron, which looked awesome. Um, there was an there was another sort of um, unprotected chair throw though, which then was followed by a air raid crash from Atticus Kogar on the apron to the outside through a door um, to Eliana. This looked nasty and vicious. You know, this could have really gone one or two ways, but you know, thankfully it didn't. But it was scary. Um, I feel that it was a bit unnecessary, that spot. Um, I feel it was, you know, dangerous. Um, and then from there, um, Atticus came in with a DDT and got the victory. Um, it was okay. Um, I think that that particular spot took it away from it for me. Um, but I felt it was a bit unnecessary. And, um, you know, but they both worked hard. Um, it was just it didn't um, really need to be there. Um, but from there, we then went into the next match. 
which was between Calvin Tankman and Lee Moriarty. Um, Lee Moriarty, um, I actually interviewed for the Wrestling Estate, um, massive fan of his, and Calvin Tankman, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Calvin Tankman. Both these guys is a dream match for me, and this did not disappoint at all. I thought this was actually the match of the weekend um, by far. I thought this was unbelievable match. Um, both men just went for it, hammer and tongs, tooth and nail, um, the uh, clashes of styles and the clashes of size really worked really well. Um, Moriarty hit some great looking um, Kawada kicks through the um, through the ropes onto Calvin Tankman, but then what happened was Leo Moriarty was going to go for an, um, an a running kick onto Calvin Tankman who was still between the ropes, but then. Calvin sort of scooped him up and hit him into a power slam, which he then threw Moriarty off onto the um onto the apron to the outside. I thought it looked brilliant. Um, there were some really vicious looking chops and vicious looking slaps and kabashi chops um from Moriarty um into the turnbuckle, which looked nasty. Um, there was a beautiful looking meteora as well from Moriarty onto um Calvin Tankman, so much like Shima of Dragon Gate where you jump up and you hit both, both your knees into a sat up, sitting up opponent so that looked great um, there was actually also um, some massive looking forearms from uh, from Calvin Tankman and there was a spinning back fist sort of flurry followed by a massive power bomb um, but um, that only ended up in a two count and then what happened was was that um, Lee Moriarty had gone onto the top rope. Uh, Calvin Tankman, sorry, had taken Lee Moriarty onto the top rope, but Moriarty actually countered it. And at first, it was an arm bar on the top rope, but then he came down to the ground onto the um, apron, and um, he landed a Rings of Saturn esque um, choke, and it actually choked out Calvin Tankman. Um, really surprising finish because I liked how it suddenly came out of the blue. But I really liked this match because of that. I thought it really allowed um, a different style to come through from Moriarty. And Tankman looked, as as always, they both looked incredible. Million dollars. This was the match of the weekend by far. Um, it, it, they both um, shook each other's one. Sorry, shook each other's hands after the match had finished as well. Brilliant respect from one another. Um I thought this was I thought this was awesome. Um, we even got Fight Forever chance as well from the um from the audience, um, which was great. And I would have loved to have seen Fight Forever because I thought this was awesome. Um definitely um a match to check out this one, I would say. Um so this was probably the highlight of the show for me, um, was this particular match. Um, and from there, we then went into um, a completely different um, match, which was a death match between a one called Manders, who had appeared on the pre-show, against um, Schlack. Uh, yeah, this was um, this was a bit uncomfortable, I must say. Um, I I don't really know what happened, but um, Manders, I believe, hit Schlack um, with kind of a potato esque hit. We're a bit stiff, you may say, and then Schlack kind of took it from there to, um, you know, exchange with various other strong hits. Um, yeah, this this kind of dissolved. Uh, sorry, this kind of um, you know dissolved into something a bit more um, violent than need say. You know, it became a bit of a fight, if anything. Um, you know, there was headbutts and there was uh, shoot punches and there was throwing of light tubes and you know it still was a death match, but it just felt like it had got a different tone to it. You may say, um, 
and then uh, the scary finish of Schlack winning with a plastic bag, bag by asphyxia. Um, yeah, I mean, that's part of his gimmick, but for me, it was a bit too much for me to take. I felt it was very scary, and the way if you look at this match, you can see how it's round, wrapped around Manda's face. I think it was a, you know... Um, yeah, not not especially given the potato shot earlier on. I don't know. I I, I think it was a bit much, um, but that's just for my taste. So I didn't enjoy. I, I'm I'm one for death matches in one sense, but this was too much for me. So I wasn't a fan of this. I must say. Um, so you know, but then again, we're all different. Um, so that was leading into intermission, and the intermission um also featured a match between um as well as the advertisements between Joey Janela and Ricky Morton from The Collective, so from Joey Janela's Spring Break 4, uh, which I reviewed as part of my collective review, uh, which you can catch on BBG Wrestling as well, so definitely give that a listen when you get a chance. Um, and the next match, which we came back to after intermission, uh, Brett Lauderdale, the um, president of GCW, actually came on to commentary, was between um, Jordan Oliver and ACH, this was really good. This I really enjoyed this. Um, th this was a ton of fun. Um, Jordan Oliver is a guy at first I thought was kind of secondary Jack Evans, but he's got much more to him than that. Um, he's a brilliant worker. Um, really knows how to sell. Really knows how to get the most out of everything. His facial expressions are incredible. Um, and ACH is one of the best on the circuit today. Um on on commentary, um, they kind of referred to him as a modern day tool called Scorpio, which I can agree with absolutely. Um, I can see it. You know, now they've said it, I can just see it plain as day. Um, it was a really fun um match. This one, um, Jordan Oliver, um, really really went for it, and he really showed what he was able to do. There was a brilliant looking sunset power bomb, which was a close two count, which looked brilliant. Um, ACH missed his um, Mr. Sorry, um, Jordan Oliver missed a splash. Sorry, which then ACH counted into a tiger bomb. But then the crowd, um, he was a it was a close two count, and the crowd was so behind Jordan Oliver, it was you know just fantastic. And then what happened is is that um, Jordan Oliver came along with a a diamond dust um, sort of uh, stunner much like um, Masato Tanaka in ECW, and then that was then followed up by a springboard cutter from Jordan Oliver onto um, ACH, and that got the surprise win. Um, so the crowd were going nuts. It was brilliant. Um, such a feel-good moment. You know, really made me smile, this. I thought this was a really great way to start the second part of the show. I thought this was the second best match of the night, and one of the reasons why... Um, you know, I really, I did enjoy this show. Um, it was really, you know, it was great um, and made it, John Oliver, a legitimate, um, you know, wrestling star. I mean, he already is, but even more so, like, credibility. I thought it was brilliant. Um, so that was that. Definitely a match to check out as well if you get a chance. Really, you know, to, if you want to see someone who's on the up, this is John Oliver. This is the match you need to see. Definitely his strongest performance since I've been watching him in GCW by far. Um, and from there, we then went into an all-star six-man six scramble, six-person scramble, which was between F.A., Mance Warner, Cole Radrick, Blake Christian, Chris Dickinson, and Ali Cat. Um, yeah, F.A. Um, is a legend. I love F.A. I think F.A. is brilliant. He actually... Um, 
came when um, Mansoorn was coming into the ring. He actually had a Mansoorn or um, mask up to his face, uh, <laughs> which they got on camera, which was hilarious. Um, and always on commentary, they're referring to Chris Dickinson as uh, Dick String Dickinson, which always makes me laugh as well because he's got his dick strings hanging from his uh, from his trunks, which makes me laugh. Um, this was okay. Um, I, I I thought. The crowd were really quiet for this show. I will mention that now. The crowd were really not with it a lot of the time. But when they were with it, they were great. But this was one of those matches where it really detracted from the match because it was just like a load of people going through spots and nothing really clicked with the audience. But I also feel the reason they were so quiet is because it was New Year's Eve. And I think people were waiting for New Year to hit and they were kind of sat there waiting for it to happen, um, the new year to come about. Um, so it was a bit of a strange one. Um, nothing. There, were, I, there wasn't really much memorable in this match, to be fair. There was just a lot of things going on at once. There was a lot of ch flying chair shots once again, you know. Um, Blake Christian, the, the spot of the match was when Blake Christ Christian, he walked over Ali Cat and Effie, um, who were sort of um, be um, bent over, and then he landed and um, a Hurricane Rana. That looked awesome. Um, and then uh, there were some nasty-looking big boots and there was nasty-looking shots um, from each guy. But um, it was, you know, um, it, it was just a, I don't know, a bit here and there, really, more than anything. And then, there, to add into it, there was this spot where um, Leo Rush's music played where Blake Christian was on the um, turnbuckle, almost getting the win, and then it went off, and then Chris Dickinson came along and he landed a superplex, and then he got the victory. So it kind of... It was a bit out of the blue, and I don't know. It just it just didn't click as much as I was hoping. Sometimes, though, with these matches, the people who are involved, they don't always click the best way. Um, but I, didn't, I expected a lot more from this, and I didn't really enjoy it, I must say. Um, and then, from there, um, we had... It was bizarre. The show kind of came to a standstill in a way. It, it, they were all saying that they were killing time because they'd finished the match early. Now, on the one hand, I understand it was New Year's Eve and things might be a bit more relaxed and stuff, but if I'd paid for a ticket to a wrestling show, the last thing I'd want is for the wrestlers to have stood around saying that they were killing time and stuff. It just felt a bit odd, and although it was funny, I felt sorry for those people who'd paid because it was kind of a bit strange you know um and then when you've had pre-show matches as well i was thinking those pre-show matches could have gone on the main show i mean because later on joey janela came down to the ring to kill 23 minutes of the show and he was then um you know out with your levi everett but levi everett appeared in the pre-show so you could have had trey lamar and levi everett on the main show you know it, it just seemed a bit strange the booking um it, it just was a bit strange and then you know, from there, kind of killing the time. And, you know, I will say, though, Joey Janela had an awesome retro Sting shirt, which looked awesome. Um, really liked that, um, wherever he got it from. If you are listening, Joey, I would like one of those in the future. <laughs> so I may look for one. Um, we then um, somehow had, as well as Joey coming out, Ryan T, who was the referee in the match between KTB, um, sorry, the Iron Beast and uh, CTE came out and he was attacked and it was weird. You know, it was just a strange, you know, um, part of the show. And then everyone celebrated New Year 
um, with, you know, uh, streamers and party poppers and things. So that was a nice little interlude, actually. I did I did like that bit while they were, um, you know, getting ready for the main event. I did like that. I thought that kind of um, was a nice little touch. Had it ended there, it may have been a great end to a show, which I didn't really enjoy. But then, sadly, we got the main event, <laughs> which was Jimmy Lloyd taking on G. Raver in an I Quit match. Now... I quit matches for me, the whole point of them is they're very much like submission matches in that you hit various submissions or various moves or do various things at points which then make the wrestler want to say I quit. What was interesting about this match is that everything seemed to be a lot of weapon uh, moves or, or moves onto weapons and or, or glass or barbed wire or whatever, plunder. But it just seemed like no one must say, you know, would you say I quit? And it's like, no, because in the psychology of the match, that wouldn't happen for me. So it kind of detracted from it for me. And maybe I'm being super critical and they both put on a great show. I can't say that, you know, they both risked themselves in so many ways in this match. Too much, you know, too much because the crowd, my God, this crowd, they were awful. They were so quiet. They didn't pay any attention. They were, they just didn't give them anything. And and this match though it just went on and on and on and it just felt so forced and so and on commentary like Kevin Gill and Joey Janela selling everything they did an incredible job selling this because I, to me it just glazed over me sadly I I couldn't appreciate this and and to say they had that great angle where Jimmy Lloyd's legs were um were burnt by G Raver. Um, to then come to this, I thought it was a really kind of sour ending to this first part. And, and this is the first part of this feud, by the sounds of it, because after they had all of this crazy weapon stuff and after they did all of this stuff, you know, it ended with the scissors board and then Joey, Jimmy said, no, I quit. And then it kind of, G-Raver said, I'm, this is just the beginning, this isn't the end. And I was like, oh, this is going to be going to get this again at some point. You know, it just seemed very... Um, you know, I don't want to see this again anytime soon. This just didn't do anything for me. They did the whole thing as well where it was a bit like Ray. It was like they were referring to various different important matches in wrestling history, you know, with various different spots and various different things they did. And it, ju it, it just didn't really work for me, sadly. You know, there's no point in me going on about it anymore. Others may enjoy it. I sadly didn't. Um, and it took away from the show for me. Um, and that's probably why I didn't really enjoy the show as a whole. But I do feel the crowd were really bad for a lot of this show. I didn't know if it was that they didn't want to be there. I didn't know whether it was because it was indoors and the risk of COVID. I don't know if it was just that they were bored. I don't know. But um, out of the matches I've referred to, definitely check out Calvin Tankman and Lee Moriarty. That was awesome. And definitely check out Jordan Oliver and ACH. And the um, Sabatri House Lee match. They were the three take great takeaway matches from this show. Um, but I wouldn't say they're enough to want to pay for this show. Let's put it that way. Um, but they were great and I have to recommend those. But this was the least I've enjoyed watching the GCW show since I've been reviewing them. And since probably I've been watching them, you know, um, which is sad for me to say. Because um, I love GCW and it didn't feel like a GCW show in that regard. Um, but then again... You know, um, it might have been extenuating circumstances. New Year's Eve. So the next night, 56 nights, was New Year's Day. 
and this was a lot better. This was great. This was GCW all over. I love this show. I thought this was brilliant. Um, and once again, we had uh, Kevin Gill and Joey Janela on commentary. Um, so we opened up with Jordan Oliver, who won the night before against Trey Lamar. Great opener, this. Um, both guys had a great show in. Um, Jordan Oliver has made himself into an awesome star now. Um, it was going to be AJ Gray on the show, but he was unable to wrestle. So um, Trailer Mar was his replacement, and a great replacement he was because he, this is the best I've seen Trailer look since he's been in GCW. Um, we got an awesome looking um, Falcon Arrow and um, some knees from Trailer Mar, which got a two count that looked great. Um, there was a tumble to the outside, which then sort of was even as well, evened everything up. We had um, the mutual respect, which was great. The crowd were a lot more vocal. We had a beautiful looking uh, back, um, sort of like a back body drop from um, from Jordan Oliver, um, and it was followed by a big slam, which looked great. And then from there, um, Jordan Oliver once again he found the opening and he got a cutter uh, in on Trey Lamar and he got the victory. Really enjoyed this. Two big wins for Jordan Oliver. Crowd loved it. Crowd were fully behind both men. I thought this was a great opener and a much better start to the show than the night before. I thought this was a great way to begin everything what was going on later on. So from there we came into another amazing match, which was between Ken Broadway and ACH. So um, Ken Broadway has been in GCW, GCW before. He was actually um, the partner of the late uh, Matt Travis um, in GCW. Um, we didn't get a handshake. ACH looked particularly um, irked, given that he'd lost the night before to Jordan Oliver and he wasn't going to give him anything to work with. Um, I liked, though, there was some really beautiful technical work in this match, especially from Ken Broadway. I thought it looked brilliant. Um, and then there was um, some big chops, though, from, uh, from ACH onto Ken Broadway, which looked nasty. Um, there was a great looking uh, Hurricane Rana followed by a dive into a Michinoku driver for a two count which looked a brilliant exchange and uh, sequence ACH hits a massive spear but then Ken, Ken Broadway hit the um, uh, grabbed the ropes and then there was a massive looking tiger suplex and then from there it was kind of a super kick battle which then landed into some knees um, from a 450 splash um on uh, ACH from Ken Broadway which got the win so it was a really great finish as well um and it was great that ACH had actually done the the job you know in in these sort of you know wrestling terms but it really helped get both guys over huge this weekend and that says a lot about him um and we didn't get any shaking of hands though. Um, ACH left the ring most annoyed and then came back for a promo where he said that all the audience can kiss his ass. Um, great heel work. ACH is just such an incredible worker. You know, he's so good as a babyface, he's so good as a heel. He's awesome. Um, and Ken Broadway, you know, really want to see him come back into GCW again. I thought he had an awesome show in here and uh, he, you know, wrestled his heart out and i thought it was great so again props to both guys brilliant stuff and then the next match on the show was between cole radrick and chris dickinson so two men from the scramble the night before were then at it in um 
in the ring um, in a singles match. This was a really, I really liked this one. I thought this was a really different change of pace. Very amateur, very um, UWFI, very sort of MMA um, amateur-esque wrestling. Um, there was a lot of, high, it was sort of like strong style, um, you know, all Japan sort of stuff going on. So we had like some, you know, great looking submissions, so like Indian Deathlocks and STFs and big boots. And, uh, you know, there was a sleeper from Cole Radrick, which got turned into a German suplex, which looked great. And then top, top, um, Tope Suicida and Asai Moonsault um, onto Dickinson, what looked, you know, beautiful exchange. Um, there was a cradle backdrop, which then turned into an arm drag, so arm lock submission, which looked brilliant. And then that got countered though into a dragon screw leg whip, which looked vicious, from Chris Dickinson f into a brain buster. But then that got countered by um, Cole Radrick into a nasty looking lariat to the back of Chris Dickinson's head, into a tornado DDT, and. Um, that was then kicked out of by Chris Dickinson and they had a really stiff strike exchange followed by a power bomb and an STF which really cranked uh, Cole Radrick's head from Chris Dickinson and then when he knew he hadn't got the win he then um, took that off and he landed a nasty looking sort of classic pile driver um, for the win, the Chris Dickinson. This was great, intense, uh, short, hard-hitting, Great fun, great change of pace this match from what we'd seen earlier on in the show. Love this thing. I thought this was brilliant. Um, you know, really good as well to see Cole Radrick in a really prime spot because he is a guy I have a lot of time for. And I thought these guys did so much better than the night before. I thought it looked great. And the crowd were really into it as well, which really helped. And, and then from there, we then got um, a tag team match, which was between CTE, once again, of Manswar, uh, sorry, Matthew Justice and um, Josh, Josh Bishop against uh, Effie and Alicat, who were called Team Pussy. Um, yeah, they, they, I wasn't feeling this. Um, Effie's brilliant. Effie was great fun. It just, I don't know, it just felt like it was a bit of a botch fest, to be fair. It was just like a lot of, you know throwing chairs at one another it just felt like a 1990 a bit like the night before i don't know if it's the gimmick what ct are going for but it just felt very outdated kind of ecw-esque you know pulling the match it didn't really go anywhere um i didn't really get anything i thought that the um the doomsday device should have been the end but then there was a doomsday device but then that was a two count which completely made no sense and then there was a black hole slam onto Alicat from uh, josh bishop for a two count onto a chair which was strange and then there was a death valley driver into a door which crushed alley cat underneath and then matthew justice hit a cannonball kind of maneuver um but that didn't get the victory it was actually a 3d through a door which was wedged between two uh, sorry two uh two chairs which got the win for cte it just felt like we were going through the motions. It didn't do anything for me. It just felt like one of those outdated ECW or like TNA throwback matches, which didn't do anything. I just didn't enjoy this. I thought this was a dampener on the show. To be fair, I would say actually fast forward through this match if you get if you do you know record uh, order this show. It didn't have anything to it, sadly. Um, but it's a shame because all the people in this match are great. Um, but I don't know. It just wasn't for me. Um, sadly. But then we come on to um just before the um we came into the intermission which also featured a match between um aj gray and alex cologne 
um, as part of the intermission, and that took place at Homecoming last year. And that was actually the first GCW review myself and Mark did for the um, BBG Wrestling. Um, so if you have any time, go and check out that review because um, those shows are great, the Homecoming shows. So, yeah, so they featured this um, as the um, sort of feature presentation of the intermission between AJ Gray and Alex Colon in a death match. Um, and then from there, we then came into the next match, which was a six-way scramble. Or it was a six-way scramble, but I'll get into that. Between one called Manders, Eliana Black, Steve Scott... Levi Everett, Ellis Taylor and Charlie Tiger from the uh, Young, Dumb and Broke stable, which Jordan Oliver was part of. This was good fun. This was really enjoyable. Everyone got time to shine. Everyone got a great spot in. Um, there was a great spot where um, Levi Everett hit a butterfly suplex, which was aptly called a butter churn suplex by Joey on commentary. Well, it was really funny. Um, there was... Um, a really great looking um technical exchange from Steve Scott who I think I think this might be the first time I've seen Steve Scott. I think I've heard of him but I don't know if I've actually seen him. Um really good, you know, really good great wrestler, you know, um really showed, you know, he he deserves a spot in GCW or some kind of an indie somewhere. He's great. Um but then what happened is is that um the young uh, dumb and broke kind of were trying to go for a few bits. It ended up a bit botcher. Um, but then there was this music and it turned out Iron Beast were going to come and join in. So it kind of became an eight-man scramble as Iron Beast joined in the action. And then they came and destroyed everybody in, in essence. You know, they took everyone out. There was headbutts, there was diving headbutts, there was acai moonsaults, there was a jig and tonic from Levi Everett uh, onto... Sorry, from Steve Scott onto Levi Everett, which looked nasty. Um, KTB hit a huge diving clothesline. Um, Ellis Taylor of Young, Dumb and Broke hit a, has hit a dual, um, got hit with a dual spear along with his teammate Charlie uh, Tiger from uh, from Eliana Black, which looked great. Um, Eliana Black looked brilliant in this match, you know, and Charlie Tiger did as well. Charlie Tiger had a great showing at the Collective um, at the first show, Degeneration F, um, I believe it was. Uh, if I have to look back at that, but he definitely was at the Collective, and he really, um, you know made a great impression with me so definitely um check him out if you get time um and then leave i ever um hit a he uh, hit a lariat um but it didn't end up it was a two count it didn't end up with a three count because um then iron beast came in and uh jo um, sorry uh Shane Mercer hit his um, Owen Battery sort of moonsault um, throwaway slam, which got the win for Iron Beast. Um, so it was a dual winners of this eight-man scramble. Good fun. You know, this was really good fun, apart from then at the end, CTE decided to come out and carry on brawling with uh, with the Iron Beast, which kind of was, you know, throwback to the Attitude Era and all that. Um, you know, it was okay. Um, that part, but yeah, the match itself was really fun. I liked how they came out at the end. Um, I well halfway through Iron Beast because it just added an extra layer of uh, intrigue. So really enjoyed this. Um, really great way to start the second half of the show. And talking about great matches, we then came into the next great match, which was between Mance Warner and Calvin Tankman. Now these two guys. Uh, just hard hitting, you know, bulls, and this was an absolute war. These guys just went at it and at it and at it. Stiff, strong style hits. 
Um, you know, there was power bombs, there was slaps, there was knees, there was back elbows, there was discus lariats, there was discus, um, you know, uh, back fists, spinning back fists. It was brutal, but awesome. Um, there was, you know, work on the outside. There was a big suplexes. Um, Calvin Tankman went and missed his crazy-looking running shooting star press, um, which then was followed by a lariat from uh, Mance Warner, but only got a two-count. Um, there was then um, a really... Um, there was some chairs and doors that had been spit, uh, set up, and then they came into play because the finish was actually... Um, Calvin Tankman had been put onto the um had been put onto the turnbuckle and then uh, Mance Warner landed a nasty looking DDT from the turnbuckle through the door um which was land which was between the chairs and um that got the victory. This was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. They just it was just two big bulls going at it, very similar to something you'd see in Japan, but had elements of um you know, Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome in the sense that they were the stuff they were doing, like the suplexes and the power bombs and the um you know, the way they worked. I thought it was really good fun. Um and Mance Warner, um, since he's won the tournament of uh of Nick Gage Invitational, I should say, I do apologise. He's been brilliant. Um and Calvin Tankman, as I said, he's you know, a star in twenty twenty one. Um brilliant. You know, definitely check this one out. Um you know, it was it was a really everything on this show was different, but in a good way. Everything was there was lots of variety to it, and that's what I liked about this show compared to the night before, which I felt was very flat. This had lots of variety, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then talking about stars of the future, we had my sort of pick for last year, um, going into this year, two I must say, but one in particular, Lee Moriarty, um, against Blake Christian. This was awesome once again. You know, both guys just, you know, it was a huge stage for them and they just went out there and they just, you know, went for it. You know, lots of innovative offence. You know, there was lots of unique looking, um, you know, submissions, speed versus technique, um, kicks, um, you know, the, the ground game, the technical game, the high flying game, it all came into play. Moriarty got hit on his knee by Blake Christian and he sold his knee and his leg throughout the entire match which looked brilliant because he actually kicked it into the ring post and then um and then Blake Christian took advantage of it um which I thought was great really strong stuff like that really shines you know in a match like this um and then you know Blake Christian you know he did some beautiful looking um you know shots you know and um kicks and um Moriarty actually went for an um he went for a guillotine choke but he got countered and then he somehow it was just out of shot unfortunately but he hit actually a rolling boot or a discus boot as they called it which is similar to Chris Hero's um maneuver he used to do in uh, Ring of Honor um which I love I think it's one of the best kicks in the business it's so unique um so that was really cool um Blake Christian got a Texas Cloverleaf locked in onto um, Lee Moriarty, which he actually um, was able to get out of. Um, and then we had a vicious-looking... Um, there was a Spanish fly from Blake that had been countered, and there was a Frankensteiner um, and a, a Springboard 450, which was only a two-count, which I couldn't believe. And then there was Fight Forever Chance. The crowd were going nuts. Um, 
there was a release Tiger Suplex, which looked awesome. And then um, the win came from a... Um, it, of all things, what happened is, is that Leo Rush's music played again, but it was actually... Um, Lee Moriarty went for a roll-up, but he missed. Um, he only got a two-count onto Blake. Then Blake hit a knee, and then it landed into, ironically, what had won... Um, Lee the match the night before it was kind of a Rings of Saturn-esque um, choke from Blake Christian um, which then uh, Lee Moriarty tapped out to um, really unique finish to this match from Blake, something a bit different and uh, you know, really enjoyed this I thought this was match of the night for, for this show, I thought it was awesome, I, th I think it was it's a toss up, but I think because um, I liked the style difference this definitely was my match of the night but it was closely followed by um ken broadway and ach without doubt um but it's a toss-up between those two but yeah this was again awesome stuff moriatin incredible performance this weekend blake christian really made up for the night before where he didn't really get much in i thought this was great and then afterwards he had a promo um again uh against lee leo rush saying that he will be able to beat him again at some point down the line in GCW because um, he's done it once and he'll do it again. So I really liked that. I thought it was really good storyline progression. Um, so that was really good. And then we had an advertisement just before the main event, which was for um, a special charity event which GCW are running, which is an um, it's sort of like a, a marathon wrestling event called Fight Forever. So it's going to be kind of a 24-hour spectacle of wrestling, which is going to be a full 24 hours worth of wrestling, um, which is really cool. Um, as always in GCW, it's always really cool, which that was a really good idea. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, so there are more details of that on social media. Um, there's already been a few tweets about it, so check those out or um, check the details out online. Um, and then the last match of the evening, the main event, was between Alex Cologne um, and Atticus Koga of 440, who was joined by um, Gregory Iron. So as our RSP wasn't able to make it to the show, because it was originally going to be for the GCW title, um, Atticus Koga took his place against Alex Cologne. Um, so we got a death match essentially, and this was a great, great death match. Um, I know people are surprised, but I do enjoy death matches, and this was really, it was scary, but this was really good. Um, both guys, you know, just went for it, hammer and tongs. There was um, a bit of feeling out, but then it turned into, um, you know, just full on hardcore. There was a crazy spot where. Alex Cologne had um, Atticus Koga in the Tree of War, and then he landed kind of a Warrior's Way double stomp like Loki used to do, but it was actually into a barbed wire board, and it actually landed in Atticus Koga's the back of his head and his hair. Um, that was scary, um, but wow, you know, fair play to him for doing that, because that was, I've never seen that before, and Atticus, you know, you could really see, um, you know, took it to him. Um, and then, we had light tubes, um, which were being thrown at um, Koga from, um, sorry, thrown at Cologne from Koga, and then there was a suicida and a light tube work. Then was, you know, going at it with each other with light tubes. Um, <laughs> there was a few fuck Ohio chants from people who weren't very happy with four four zero being there, as is the case. We didn't get any trash being thrown this time, thankfully. Um, but we also then, which was nuts, we had um, 
so what happened is that um, Atticus Koga had Alex Colon in the middle of the ring. He'd been hitting him and um, and grating his face with a cheese grater, of all things. And he had a pane of glass, and Atticus Koga looked at Cologne on the floor, and he had hold of the pane of glass, and he did a moonsault with the glass, but it didn't break on uh, Cologne from about the top of the turnbuckle moonsault. So then he turned it into a powerbomb, which shattered all over the ring. It was a nasty powerbomb, and that got a two. We then got... There was a ladder which was wrapped in barbed wire coming into the ring, and it looked like that Alex Cologne was going to try and slam um, Koga into it, but that was countered because Gregory Iron came into the ring and he um, gave Koga some skewers, which he bashed into um, into Cologne's head. That was scary. Um, that was uh, you know a great but scary spot, and then. Um, there was a double stomp then into the wire, um, which was mental um, on the floor. It looked mental, the, the barbed wire, which looked mental. And then what was crazy was that um, Gregory Iron got hit with a light tube, but then um, Alex Cologne grabbed Gregory Iron and he'd set up um, the glass pane in between two um, chairs. And then he actually did a Spanish fly through the um, glass to Gregory Iron and the glass smashed everywhere. It looked nuts. Um, which was followed by a Canadian destroyer, running Canadian destroyer by Atticus Koga. And then he kicked him into the light tubes. And then air raid crashing to the um, barbed wire ladder uh, to Cologne, which was only a two. And then we had a Spicoli driver on the outside, which was crazy. That was absolutely nuts. And from there, um, the Spicoli driver was through a glass um, glass pane and another door. But then from there, um, it, it got quite scary. So Alex Cologne just, he went, uh, it was like a mugging. He just went at Atticus Koga with light tubes. He threw so many at him. It was like it was just fog in the ring, the dust from them. And then he got a recliner, so a really wrenched back camel clutch onto Atticus Koga um, did Alex Cologne which then he um, had to he had to tap out or else he was going to be you know, he was going to pass out um, that was brilliant I thought that was a really great end to the show, the crowd were really into it it was so much better than the night before it was crazy, it was exciting it was innovative stuff, I thought it was a really great end to the show I really enjoyed 56 nights and i thought that it was a huge step up from the night before good riddance i thought good riddance just didn't feel like a gcw show um i don't know where it was but 56 nights definitely gets a recommendation from me um i highly recommend you go and check it out um if you want to check out gcw though like i said the pre-show to um to good riddance which is on youtube for free Definitely check that out though because that gives you kind of a little mini insight into GCW so it'll make you see um, whether you want to pay to watch Good Riddance, uh, sorry not Good Riddance, um, 56 Nights. Um, but they also have um, a couple of um, trim events which they streamed on YouTube so there's Slime Season as well so I'd definitely check that one out as well if you want to get into GCW. I haven't had a chance to review that show but I might do down the line because um, it is free on YouTube so definitely check that one out as well. Um, but yeah, the weekend overall, it's one thumb down for Good Riddance, but it's one th two thumbs up for um, the first 56 nights. I thought that was um, 
you know, definitely the stronger show, and a show I would definitely go and tell you all to check out, because um, I thought it was great. Match of the night, match of the weekend, the match of the night for um, for Good Riddance was definitely, without doubt, Calvin Tankman and Lee Moriarty, and then the match of the night for um, for 56 Nights was Blake Christian against Lee Moriarty. Um, match of the weekend, if I had to go for it, I would say it was Tankman versus Moriarty, but um, that was the highlight of the show, um, so it was essentially like a one-match show. Um, but, yeah, so definitely check out 56 Nights if you get a chance. Really enjoyed it. Um, the weekend was a ton of fun, even though it was probably you know a different weekend to normal for GCW. And um, thank you for listening. And then just to finish off, you can find BBG Wrestling on Twitter, at BBG Wrestling, and you can find our website at www.bbgwrestling.com. So that's great. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, for this GCW New Year Bundle Review. Keep safe, everybody, and um, I'll see you all again soon. So catch you later, everyone.